I'm Daniel Christofferson. You are hearing a talk about a spiritual practice centered on the words, I love you. You'll be hearing my music along the way. I can be reached through my YouTube channel and website by the same name. Christofferson is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Enjoy. Is it possible the key to understanding how we're creating our experiences goes like this? Our relationship with life creates our experience of life. Everything, every aspect of how we're creating our moments is rooted in our relationship with life. Do I trust life? Do I hate life? Do I love life? Do I see life as an opportunity to experience beauty and deepen my ability to love? Or do I see life as an opportunity to deceive others, to use others in a way that allows me to hoard money or things? Do I see it as a race to a water hole, <laughs> in a sense, where we all try to push each other out of the way? Survival of the fittest, dog eat dog, take what you can. Each of these ideas can be an entire way of our relationship with life. Albert Einstein talked about a lot of things far beyond physics and mathematics as we're accustomed to thinking. He actually talked a lot about humanity and making the world a better place and almost spiritual subjects. At one point he said he believed the most important question that we can ask ourselves is whether we live in a friendly universe or a hostile universe. That's the most important question we can ask ourselves. The way he said that, it's like, well, just ask yourself, are you living in a friendly universe or a hostile universe? Yes. But let's bring that home to the idea of relationship with life because really that's what that's about if you believe the relationship to be hostile those are the parameters and that's the collection of beliefs that will drive your experience those who believe the universe to be a friendly place to be basically ruled by the laws of harmony those people are creating experiences of love and beauty and connection and creativity and compassion. The kind of world we want for our children. So maybe it really does come down to our relationship with life. And maybe it is my relationship with life that is creating my experience. Maybe this is just one aspect of understanding who we really are that is not talked about as much. 
if you think about the way beliefs work and the way the mind is always justifying and rationalizing and seeing in a way that proves our beliefs to be true, if you think about that, we're always involved in confirmation bias. We're always seeing the stuff that makes us right. If you think about that, then what we believe about life, that's our relationship with life, is deciding everything. Every experience in my daily life, every relationship, every seeming betrayal or negative event, every success and achievement happens inside of my relationship with life. And my relationship with life, what I believe about life, may cross out negative experiences, just as another's relationship with life may make impossible positive experiences. So what is life? What is your relationship with life? When do you say, that's my life, that would happen to me? That can be your sense of humor. But it's usually connected to some kind of reality you believe to be true. So lately, I've been doing some digging, a little bit of emotional archaeology, trying to figure out what my relationship with life is. And even if you believe you can come up with a few sentences, a few ideas about what your relationship with life is, what I've found is that there's always stuff hiding beneath what I think I know. When it comes to consciousness, when it comes to subjective exploration, going within, anytime you find something that seems to be known, that you can figure out, I've found there's usually more stuff underneath that rock. And you just have to keep going deeper. And when I go deeper, I'm particularly interested in the negative beliefs. I'm particularly interested in the beliefs which may limit my experience. Ideas and feelings and emotions and thoughts about life, about my life, that feel like regret, fear, anxiety. Because once I straighten those out, once I turn those ideas around, I know that my daily life and that each moment will be free to move to a higher place. Because I've edited I've made changes to my relationship with life. Try to think of a time when, try to think of an extended period of time. There can be things that happen quickly in our lives that defy our beliefs, that force us to change our beliefs. But can you think of a time in your life when you or anyone around you was having consistent experiences defying their beliefs? 
It doesn't happen. Eventually, the mind just changes the beliefs. Just amends the thoughts so that it becomes an expected thing. We understand the physical world by following it and creating beliefs, expectations. And in the same way, my relationship with life is built, creates expectations, creates experience. I'll probably create another video about this, but I've been experimenting with a practice of saying I love you in my life. Not just to maybe, you know, friends, relatives, partners, this kind of thing. But turning the words I love you into a kind of mantra. And I was influenced partly by the Ho'oponopono teacher, Dr. Hu Len. And uh, that's a fascinating subject as well. So in the Ho'oponopono practice, there are four phrases that are repeated as a remedy to any kind of adversity or hardship or negative feelings. Imagine that. So that's very unique about this Ho'oponopono practice. And the four phrases are, thank you, I love you, please forgive me, I'm sorry. And um, I'm actually pretty excited about those four phrases. And I, I think for me, I have a kind of a meaning that makes sense to me for each of those phrases. But for now, I want to talk about I love you. And on the subject of exploring our relationship with life and in understanding that it is our relationship with life that directs the events of our lives, that produces the experience of each moment. So my relationship with life is creating every moment in my life, okay? There's so many ways of saying it, and, and for me it helps to say it many different ways. But when I'm saying I love you to someone who appears to be rude, or I'm saying I love you to somebody who's tailgating me, or when there's a family situation or a relationship situation that is giving me anxiety, for me to be able to get to a place where I can just say, I love you. I do it out loud, and often I'm alone when I say this. <laughs> Unless you're very close with someone else, they won't understand. But maybe there's someone in your life that would appreciate a spiritual practice of saying, I love you. The other day I was uh, seeing a movie in a theater and uh, to my right about four seats away were uh, three people appearing to be between 30 and 45. And by the end of the movie, uh, it was clear that one of these individuals was um, challenged because when they would see an animal, they would say, cow, you know. When they saw a dog or cat, you know, they would say these 
words, and you could hear in the voice that uh, something wasn't what we would call normal. And on the way home, I'm talking to my girlfriend about this person who was near us, calling out these words. I was thinking, thank God for caregivers or parents or friends, whoever these other people were, that brought this person to the theater. And I had kind of a gratitude moment about that. So I said, I love you. And I was thinking about, uh, you know, another way of living life in a challenging way, (laughs) right? Maybe having a child that needs extra love. Or maybe being a caregiver that has chosen an occupation that involves caring for others, that involves making their life better, which is about compassion and uh, requires a lot of patience. So, I love you, I said on my way home. (laughs) And so I'm talking about weird things like this that you normally might not think about. Um, A friend once told me a story of uh, having lunch at a diner with her father. She was in her 20s. And uh, they had, they received terrible service. The waitress was nearly flippant and uh, slow, got the order wrong, all sorts of things. But uh, my friend noticed that when they left, her father left an extra $20 bill. And she said, why did you leave a tip? And his response was, maybe she'll treat the next customer a little bit better. So that's called the spiritual practice of saying I love you with money. (laughs) But I think that's uh, such a great teaching right there. Because how many times have I chosen the lower road where I'm just pissed or I ask to speak to somebody, ask to speak to a manager or ask for a reduced price or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's part of part of this experience. But isn't it cool to see people who approach the present moment on an extremely original and beautiful level? When I see people like that, when I encounter people like that in my life, it seems like they're teaching grace. And for me, that's very impressive. That's inspiring. So the way I'm approaching this whole thing is by adopting this spiritual practice of learning to say I love you throughout the day. Because if I do have anything to work out in terms of my relationship with life, surely I'm moving in the right direction when I learn to say I love you in countless situations throughout the day, including the ones that rub me the wrong way, where I feel like I was right, where I feel like that wasn't fair. And I just let it go. And I send love to people I don't know. If that's not the answer, then what is? We're all looking for connection. We're all looking for an experience of reality that is connected to our heart. 
So anything that isn't about love and connection to the heart and feeling connected to all, that's all just filler. So that's how it makes sense to say, I love you. And to use those words often with the things that you love, with the things you appreciate, and gradually deepen into the ability to say, I love you, when maybe friends are irresponsible or hurt your feelings or you feel betrayed. Just kind of going to the other side of the equation, maybe realizing that there are many situations in which those behaviors would make sense. Maybe they didn't get my message. Maybe they just found out someone's in the hospital. But I don't even need any of those things. If I just cut to the chase, I love you. That's the ultimate truth. How could anything else be more true than love? How could anything be more true than love? In every culture and in every time, we have worshipped artists, creative masters, and creativity is love in action. It's just a dance. It's uh, about joy. It's about celebrating life and what it's like being a spiritual being, having a physical experience. So if that is the highest version of you, and I believe it is the highest version of you and I and all of us, to be absolutely aware of our inherent connection, to be absolutely aware of the possibilities of beauty and love that exist in every moment. If that is the case, then speaking the words, I love you, is logical and perfect. Don't assume you're expected to be able to think this way and speak these words about every single person in your life. We're not Jesus yet. (laughs) Which is to say we are not our highest self yet. And I'm talking about Jesus or Buddha or Mother Teresa or Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Jimi Hendrix or Mozart or Beethoven. I'm talking about getting to the place where we are no longer in our own way. We are no longer self-limiting due to small-minded ideas about who we are and what is possible. Don't beat yourself up if you're not able to say I love you to people who have caused you suffering. It's really easy to be hard on ourselves, believing that we need to be Buddha-like or Christ-like in the way you relate to life. There's a Buddhist meditation practice created for the purpose of increasing compassion, directing us to start with friends and family and people we love and then to focus on those that are more like acquaintances and those in our life we're not that close to. And moving from those we love easily 
to those we would have the greatest difficulty being kind to. So save the other half, save the difficult stuff for later. Don't take that on right now. For me, it was just a matter of learning to say these odd words. Well, odd words for the circumstance, for the situation, or for this person. And when you can't say, I love you, when you get terrible customer service or feel ripped off or somebody's really activated you on the level of anger, then here's something that really works for me. See if you can just love and accept your response to that. You know, the only love I can come up with here is that I love that I gave it a try, but I'm just not in a place where I'm going to be able to say I love you to this situation, this completely messed up situation. I'm not there. But completely love and accept that response because you're doing your best. <laughs>